Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, how to stay organizationally current. Part two, here we go. Well, that's our next topic is the, the emails, right? So we were browsing the internet. The second part was read all these all, you know, these all hands emails. Now, I think browsing the internet's the easy part. The hard part. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Flipping emails. Yeah. yeah. An extra fifty emails I have to read at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh. And they're and they're I'll always tell you so what, exciting. I mean, right? literally, though don't you agree though, in the land of the blind, the one eyed person is king. All we need do is read them. We just yeah, need to scan them. We only have to take five minutes. We don't have to study them. We don't have to remember all the names. You can scan over a person's name, and then two weeks later, we're at a cocktail party at Bryant Park or whatever, and and wow, suddenly, boy, your name seems familiar. Were you, were you just in, in some product announcement? Oh, yeah, my product just got rolled out in, in uh, North Africa. Hey, great. Congratulations. How's it going? What do you think? What's the early data say? And now, suddenly, you sound smart. When in fact, maybe you're not, but smarts is about per- perception as well as everything else, right? We don't live in the, we don't see the world the way the world is. We see the world the way we are. So if somebody says something smart to us, we think, wow, that person's smarter than me. That makes them smart. Right. And you can't complain to me that you don't have these opportunities to communicate with folks. You don't know what's going on in the company by telling me you're too busy. Yeah. Look, I referred to it already, the, the fir- our first podcast, Solution to a Stalled Technical Career. I've thought about that cast 5,000 times in the last six years. And I thought to myself, um, going back, four or five things I could have said. Look, every time you meet somebody, you got to say, hi, I'm Mark. What do you do? Oh, okay. And who do you work for? And what are you working on? I mean, just those three questions. What do you do? Who do you work for? And what are you working on? Or if you don't want to say, what are you working on? Why are you here at this meeting? And then if they're a good conversational, they're going to ask you back, and then you'll discover that you service them in some way, you support them in some way, or vice versa, they support you in some way. Those kinds of connections at meetings or at after-work dinner parties or cocktail parties or maybe a strategy session one morning over donuts and coffee, those are the kind of things that can make a difference. It doesn't make a difference if you only do one of them. But if you make it a habit of doing it all the time, and by the way, the first five times you do it, you're going to suck. But the only way you get to not sucking is by going through the process of sucking the first five times, <laughs> right? Uh, I remember the first time somebody came up to me at a conference and said, I know I have to meet you. I'm going to do what you told me to do. This is very awkward for me. And of course, in the process of them saying that, it felt very awkward for me. But God darn it, if I didn't love the guy for doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, I was wondering whether you're going to nail the guy or not. And I said, like, no, Man. no. You know what? It was so refreshing. He said, look, I'm very uncomfortable doing this, but you said I ought to do it. I'm going to do it. You've told us, ask it, send an email. You've told us to follow up. We have a really uh, uh, a, a good guy who works for one of our clients, Hotels.com. His name is Milton Lai. I was in Dallas a couple months ago for Hotels.com, a bunch of neat people up there. And I said, look, if you guys need help, reach out. And so Milton reached out and come to find out he's just a great guy. And uh, same thing here. People say, well, I want it to be easy. Well, okay, it's not. 
On the other hand, it's not terribly hard to stick out your hand and say, hi, I'd like some help, or hey, I haven't met you before, or hey, you're a new face in this meeting, or even better, I'm new to this meeting, I need to meet everybody. And if you walk into a meeting like we talked about in Solution to Stall Technical Career, and you don't meet anybody, but there are faces that you walk out of the meeting with without introducing yourself to, they know and you know that you chose not to interact with them. And the next time you go for an interview, and it's with them in a panel interview, for instance, bad idea, but it still happens, you're going to be like, ah, dang, they're going to know that I'm not naturally a personable person. All right. Sorry. Um, little tangent there. Look, if you get an email and if it's a company-wide email, distro to the company, read it. People ignore them because they're too busy. I think that the dirty little secret of people is I'm not too busy to read this, but I don't have time right now. So I'm going to save it for later. But two weeks later, it's moot. And then you really are too busy for it and you never get around to reading it. Maybe the majority of the emails are about changes in the expenses policy or <laughs> notice that the lines in the parking lot are going to be painted differently. And yeah, definitely, if you send in your expenses the old way, somebody will tell you you're doing it wrong. And frankly, if you try to park in the wrong space in your parking lot, somebody will tell you you're doing it wrong. But some of the emails are about organizational changes. They're about promotions. They're about things that are happening with new products and new services and cost controls and divisions being realigned and so on. In small companies, you know the people that are effective. You maybe not know them well, but well enough to say, hey, congratulations on the promotion or, hey, I heard about the reorg. I hope things go well for you. Look, you may run into them in the kitchen making coffee. I'm amazed. I, I remember, Mike, you remember the years ago I was doing work at Bearing Point uh, when I was coming back and forth to, uh, to D.C., and I would walk into the coffee room and there would be five or six people in the coffee room. And I was the only one that introduced myself. And I remember one guy telling me, oh, that's because you're a consultant. And I looked at him and said, I know every single person in this room absolutely doesn't have the budget to hire me. I'm just a nice person. And I figure sooner or later, you and I are going to be in a meeting. And I don't want the first time we're actually meeting one another to be a time when we have to decide something together. And this was 10 years ago. So he's probably 20, 22, 23. He's like, oh. <laughs> and then he felt like I'd slapped him. I didn't mean to slap him. I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not pressing your flesh because I think you've got all the budget. I talked to the CEO five times a day. I don't really need your budget. It's just polite. You run into people. You just say, hi, how are you? Oh, where do you work? Oh, over there. Oh, do you work for him? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I've got that wrong. You're right. You work for her. Yeah, she's really sharp. God, it's good for you. And they look at you like, how the heck do you know that? Well, I have an org chart. And I pay attention to emails. And when I run into people, <laughs> I, I associate <laughs> faces and names. I introduce myself. <laughs> you know what? We got to call this the rocket science cast. That's what we got to call it. But look, when you get an email about uh, something on a promotion, you tell somebody that, right? And if you don't do it, some people who got promoted won't care. And some people, frankly, will think you've snubbed them a little bit. Having people who have just been promoted, who, by the way, the company thinks are successful, thinking that you snubbed them, I'm sorry, how is that a good thing? It's just not, right? So you got to know. So when you introduce yourself and they say, oh, hi, I'm Bob Smith. Oh, hey, I think I just read about you promotion. Well done. And you're the only person that's going to say to that person that that day. He's going to be like, whoa, his eyebrows are going to go up. And not just the Spock way, but both eyebrows, right? And look, in bigger companies, Promotions often mean divisions that are growing or in a down market, if there are promotions happening, it means somebody's really highly regarded 
or that that division is highly regarded or it's getting more capital, it's getting more investment. So that would be a place where you would want to, to have relationships because that there would be more opportunities, all things being equal than in other divisions in the company. Uh, now, is that useful to you? Heck yeah, it is. If you want a job or you want the job of the guy who's going to move sideways into that role, maybe the lady who got promoted, her position is already being filled by somebody that's really taking a sideways move, but it's a sort of a sideways and upward move. But for all you know, his position isn't being filled because it was a lower level position. And so we can get by for 30 days without filling that one, but we can't afford to let the guy who got promoted, let his job go unfilled because he was so good at it. So we're going to have one of his junior level peers step into his role. She's ready for more. And uh, oh, darn, that means that her role is now open. Wouldn't you want to know that? And the answer is yes. Now, sometimes the emails that you get are not necessarily about what's in the email. Sometimes you have to read between the lines and apply that information to your goals within the company. Look, even if the information is just about the change in the expenses policy, how organized and on top of things do you look when someone asks about it and you remember and you can find the email and say, oh, yeah, I got that. I, they're changing that thing. And I hate it when they take three extra weeks to fill out my to return my expenses. And so, therefore, I paid attention and did it and filed it away. And when I have expenses next on my next weekly travel, I'll click on that link and I'll find it in my saved email or operations file or whatever. And suddenly you get paid a little bit more quickly and people start coming to you and, and thinking of you as on top of things. Now, okay, I know. It's not the same thing as launching a great new product. You're not John Smale of Procter & Gamble in August of 1960 when he figured out that it would be a good marketing technique to get the American Dental Association to give the ADA seal of approval, which they had to create for Crest Toothpaste, to Crest Toothpaste. And they literally, the company was so successful, Crest was so successful, they had to stop trading in Procter & Gamble stock on the New York Stock Exchange because nobody wanted to sell it. There were only buyers and no sellers, even though there's a market maker in the in the well trying to <laughs> trying to make a market for it. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's not John Smale, right, who later went on to be chairman of GM as well. And I remember that in part because I sold Crest Toothpaste and I was born in August of 1960. But look, you can't wait around for the soft, easy pitch that you can hit out of the park that anybody could hit out of the park. You have to hit singles, okay? For you Americans who follow baseball, you have to learn how to hit singles. If you get five emails at the end of the day, no, we're not saying all five are going to be interesting. Four are going to be dull as crap. But one might be worth filing away. And your brain is a lovely thing. After you get 20 or 30 emails, you're going to realize, you know what? All of the energy, all of the juice in this company is in the Asia division. And I'm in South America. Hmm. Maybe I ought to start making relationships with people in the Asia division. Maybe that's where my expat role should be, not in South America. Nothing against South America, but if Asia is where the opportunities are, why would you want to be in South America? Okay, so let's read all the all-hands emails, right? There's a lot of information there. And you, you talked um, specifically earlier about promotions, and often there are promotion announcements that go out. And that, you know, some people don't read them because it doesn't pertain to them and yeah, they don't really care. But again, there's another opportunity to find out something that's going the company. And like you said earlier, you hate some guy to get to get promoted and you walk by, you don't know he got promoted and you choose not to say something about it. Well, you don't choose. Yeah. To, you don't say you anything. Don't about it. You don't choose. You're and clueless. He just snubbed him. You're literally clueless. There's a movie about you. It's called Clueless. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. And let me, let me full disclosure here for the Dan McGuire's and the Mike Elkins of the world who are very busy and the Mark Rangers of the world, friends of ours who say, who are going to send us an email once this podcast comes out and says, you want me to read all these stupid mails from corporate? Oh my God, as if I have any time for that. We totally respect that you're too busy. We don't want you to read every single word. We want you to understand them. We want you to file them away. We want you to put in the back of your mind and go ahead and delete them. Don't save them as unread. Mark them as unread and save them to read later because you're going to be deluged in the next two or three weeks anyway. But look, promotion announcements are important. You know what's funny? Here's what's funny, Mike. Low-level managers, supervisors, and first-line managers, and maybe even senior managers, definitely not directors, certainly not VPs, and no way in hell senior, senior people, SVPs and EVPs. You know what? The junior people, they don't think of promotions or promotion announcement all that important. But I'll tell you what, if you're trying to get managing director at a firm on Wall Street, you pay very close attention to who made MD last year. If you're a VP and you're trying to become an SVP, you're paying really close attention. It's interesting. As many people as dismiss promotion announcements, the people at the senior level, oh, they pour over them. That thing is gold in terms of the, the nuances and the subtleties of what they're, what's in the information. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you junior people who are saying, I don't need to do this stuff. The senior people are doing it. And generally, if you want to be a senior person, behave more like a senior person, which is to say, read the promotion, promotion announcements. Look, part of the reason that promotion announcements are, or part of the reason that the relationships, developing relationships so important is they, they connect you to the information that's flowing around the organization. The fact is, whether we want to admit it or not, and the high seas of the world are like, no, I don't really want to admit it, but information and who has the information is valuable. Executives at the top of the firm totally know that. They know people in other parts of the company. They may not know the guy who works in the warehouse, but they know who his boss is. If they see him doing something well or poorly, the guy in the warehouse, they know who to talk to. If they need budget, they know who has it. If they need support for a proposal, they have friends with influence that can influence that proposal. Promotion announcements give you hints about who does have budget, who does have influence. A person who gets promoted twice in six months, you might think, big mistake, but what do you know? You're not reading them. That person is definitely worth knowing. Maybe they're just slightly better than you in terms of skills, but they apparently are in the right place because there are a lot of opportunities with whatever it is they're doing. How do you get to know the person who's gotten promoted twice? You read the announcement, discover he's been promoted twice, and next time you see him in the elevator on the lunch line, congratulate him. It's not hard. Or you walk over there and you run into him. I'm amazed by this. I did this all the time. I did it in the Army. I was at division headquarters and somebody had just gotten promoted to 04 or whatever. I'm like, hey, where's Major Jackson? Oh, he's over there. Okay. And then I'd walk over and I'd say, hey, sir, um, I'm Lieutenant Horseman. Congratulations. I understand you just got promoted. And and some of the guys who were jerks were like, yeah, whatever, Lieutenant. Some of them were like, hey, thanks. How'd you hear? Hey, sir, it was a my battalion commander announced that, you know, field grade promotions. You, you got promoted. You used to be field artillery. I'm field artillery. So well done. He says, where do you work? And I say, I work down in 7th, 8th. I'm the S1 down there. What are you doing up here? Oh, I'm talking to Jeff Jancic, who was the aide of the CG. He's an old friend of mine from West Point. Oh, I know Jeff. He says, hey, look, we're going to the Oak Club to celebrate. You want to come? I'm like, okay, I'll come. He says, I'll tell Jancic you're coming. I said, oh, God, don't do that. He'll beat me up. Jancic's bigger than me. Um, <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm at a promotion party for some guy at division headquarters, and Jeff Jancic is there. And guess who else is there? The commanding general. 
And the general says, what are you doing here? I said, ah, sir, it's sort of a long story. And the general looks at me and says, it's okay, Lieutenant. I asked you, go ahead and tell me. And this is Major General Kicklider, the CG of our division. I'm saying, I'm finding myself moving to a position of attention saying, yes, sir. Well, actually, sir, I heard that Major Jackson got promoted. I was in the division headquarters and I know a guy used to work for him. He was in second and 11 field artillery. Good guy. He said Major Jackson's a good guy. So I just, I was up there looking for Jeff, actually, your aide. And I heard Major Jackson was up there. So I walked over to say, congratulations. And I'm, sir, I, if I don't need to be here, I don't need to be here. He says, no, 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 that's really nice. He says, he says, why'd you do it? I said, well, sir, I'd, I'd want to be congratulated if I got promoted. He says, well, that was awfully nice to you. So why are you here? Well, sir, Major Jackson invited me and he said, Captain Jansen could be here. Captain Jackson would be really angry with me if he found out that I was supposed to come and I didn't because he wants to beat me up. <laughs> That's just the relationship we have. He says, I can't believe Jeff Jansen would want to beat you up. I said, oh, sir, it's just an old joke. We were at West Point together. And, and now all of a sudden, I'm having a chat with the general. I walk away from this conversation at the O Club at Schofield Barracks in Hawaii. This is, what, 1983, 1984? It was 25 years ago. And like five guys come up to me at this party for Major Jackson and say, what were you talking to the general about? What? What I'm like, dudes, I just, you know, I came here and the general saw me and I'm the youngest ranking guy here. And so, yeah, all because I congratulated somebody. It's not hard. And somebody else goes, oh, you're so lucky. Yeah, exactly. Lucky. Yeah. Luck is the residue of design, as Branch Rickey would say. And what's funny about it is I did it because I thought it'd be nice to congratulate the guy. And when I, re- when I was talking to the general, I realized this is good. And later I ended up being assigned to division headquarters and things were easier because they knew I knew Jeff and I knew General Kicklider. And how did I know both of them? Well, I knew Jeff from years ago, three or four years ago from school, but I knew General Kicklider just because I had said congratulations to Major Jackson. It was a long time ago, but that stuck with me. Um, And I was out of place at the party, but I was even more out of place afterwards in a good way because the general was talking to me and I was like, well, you know, I was scared. I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. This is the commanding general. He's a three-star general. I'm in trouble. I'm sorry, two-star general. Um, So look, executives know that these kinds of things matter and promotion announcements give you hints about who does have budget, who has influence. It's easy to take a moment to send a note. Seriously, at least one of you ought to try a blind note that to somebody who gets a promotion and say, hey, listen, I just got this. You and I haven't met, but I know your boss. Your boss is a great guy. Congratulations. Good luck in your new role. And the guy's going to write back, thanks. Wow, that's really awesome. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. And they'll remember your name. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe it'll be useful. Sometime. Nothing wrong with having relationships in high places. Right. Okay. So, look, I have all this information, though. And, yeah. you know, information without action is not worth a whole lot. So, yeah. This is my favorite part of the cast. So, <laughs> so, so, what do I do with all this? Yeah. This is really where you turn taxes into strategy. Okay. It's no use having the information and not doing anything with it. But there are two fabulous ways. And this is all about the economy of relationships, the, the economics of relationships and how people. How people outperform others that are roughly equivalent in skill, that boils down to the economics of relationships. There's two ways you can use this information, to give others what they want and to get what you want. We have a lot of listeners that email us and say, hey, how does this guidance work in a matrix environment, right? Well, folks, if you're in a matrix environment, this cast is perfect for you. When you don't have role power, 
You got you got nothing. You got no shot, as Rossi used to say on golf uh, announcing, right? You got no shot, right? You got to go underneath the tree and around the rock and over the lake and it'll never happen. And then, of course, the pro golfer actually does it. You don't have any role power or very little to speak of in a major organization. It's all about relationships. The more people you know, the stronger, the more influence you have in a major organization. How do you develop relationships with people, folks? It's not rocket science. You give someone else something that they want. As an individual contributor in a matrix environment, you rely on your peers. Maybe you want a peer to check your work, right? Or maybe you want them to smooth your way through a particular process that you know they know way better than you, but it has to go smoothly for you even though you've never done it before. Or maybe they want to put in, you want them to put in a good word for you on the next project he or she is working on because they're a peer of yours, but maybe they can get you assigned to a project that they seem to get better projects than you do. How much more likely are they to do this if you notice some information on the internet about them, which either helps them out of a jam or you get to congratulate them for? Maybe you notice that their plan calls for a referral run through on a Friday night and you also know the power is going to be switched off for maintenance. That sounds pretty trivial, but it's success or failure for their run through. Or maybe you're in the technical area and you tell one of your tech guys, hey, listen, I know there's a big product launch Friday night. I know you guys hate here being hate being here on Friday night, but the guy who's doing the product launch is actually a real good guy. If you could make sure that you guys really do a good job, there's a case of beer in it for everybody, and I'll make sure he knows that we're going to be looking out for him. Man, that that's like that. those cases of beer, they're like platinum. They're like uranium. This is incredible. And how do you know that stuff? By paying attention. A sociologist called this environmental scanning. And too many of us are overwhelmed with our work and we don't do environmental scanning. And then we can't make sense of our environment, meaning the internal organizational structure and culture and behaviors, because we're blind to it because we, quote, are too busy, unquote. Maybe the fact that you give and they're like, wow, really? You're willing to do that? Sure. Look, these are my guys or it's a one of my, maybe Mike says, hey, Mark, look, this guy, I want to take care of this guy. Can you make sure your guys are really on top of it Friday night? I said, well, you know, my guys, they're always on top of it. And Mike looks at me and goes, yeah, yeah. But could you really? I said, yeah, look, if you, do you need me to be here? And no, you don't need me to be here. But if you could respond quickly to their emails and texts Friday night so that they don't think like they're operating in Siberia, that'd be great. No offense to those of you in Siberia. And look, folks, when we talk about getting what you want, we're not talking about blackmailing people over information you found out. I've learned in ta- at conferences and at clients that um, the whole idea of getting what you want or helping other people get what they want is somehow is, it's perceived as mendacious or it, it's manipulative in some fashion. Just because you have access to the HR system and, and you know that so-and-so is paid less than his colleagues, we're not going to encourage you to be unethical and share that information. If you want budget or if you want guidance or if you want a chance to be in a project, those are all things that it's ethical to seek based on the information you have. If you know someone has budget or the right kind of experience to give you guidance on something or they can influence a project manager that might make a difference for you, go to that person rather than going to somebody who really probably can help you. The relationship makes a difference in terms of their willingness or ability to help you. It's just common sense. There's another way you can use this information. Suppose you notice that when your boss's peers sent out a promotion notice, it was only a couple of lines long and very factual. You could read between the lines in that case that that person was probably a high D or at least they communicate like a high D when they're writing. That would help you next time you need to send a status note to her, right? You're not going to be flowery. You're not going to give her every single detail. You're going to give a high level executive summary. And if she wants more, she'll ask. 
On the other hand, if you notice that his emails are very long, very friendly, you might be willing to spend an extra few moments with him by showing up early at one of his meetings in order to shoot the breeze. Maybe you don't get the opportunity, but if you walk into the meeting right on time and there are six people in there already having a ball, you miss the opportunity to make six new friends. Yep. Right? We believe that the reason for having the DISC model in terms of the, a way of thinking about other people's behavioral tendencies is to be able to tailor our own behavior to make communication with other people more effective. And effective is just another way of saying getting more of what you want, assuming you're an ethical being, which we do. Now, look, those of you in small companies, you've got an advantage here, believe it or not. There's less information overall, and it's easier to get. There are less places probably you have to go for it. The information also tends to be broader in general. Uh, if there are only two teams, you probably know the personal circumstances of everybody in the other team and roughly what they're working on. And that can give you leverage. Now, listen here. Listen carefully here. That can give you leverage to help them when you can. I bet you when I said leverage, most people thought, oh, this is good. I can get leverage oh, for yeah, them to help absolutely. me. No, folks, you want leverage? Leverage is helping other people and building up the interpersonal capital account, the emotional bank account, and saying, look, I'm going to help you, and hopefully you'll scratch my back. Now, look, we know there are people, uh, there are some people who are listening right now who say, I'm going to blow this off. I'm not going to do it because I'm too damn busy. I'm too damn important. And I tried to do that once, and some guy screwed me. And you know what? You're right. But one person is not a trend. And yeah, there are jerks in every organization. The vast majority of people, if you invest in them a little bit, we're not talking hours, we're talking minutes, that's going to redound to you threefold, fivefold, tenfold, and more than makes up for the one person who sucks you dry. And you'll pretty soon figure out who those people are and you won't offer them anything more unless they're your boss, which is a whole other story. Yeah, you can actually have leverage to help other people, which gives you leverage in return. That's it. You got to read the internet. You got to read those all hands emails. It doesn't take that long. It's five or 10 minutes a day. You got to read the promotion announcements and, and, and see what that means in terms of divisions and products and services and people and opportunities and so on. And you use that all as a framework to give more people what they want and also to help you in return get what you want. If it's only 10 minutes a day, it's not a lot of time to just gather and process this information is one of the small, simple in the land of the blind, the one I man is king kind of secrets of successful careers. And don't miss out on an opportunity because you weren't willing to spend five or 10 minutes at the end of the day when you're pretty tired anyway. There you go. Pretty simple. Yep. All right, my friend. Thanks. Thanks, partner. Yeah, we'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you all next week. Meantime, have a great one. So long.